0: Uh, we're going to start though in Acts. And the reason we're going to start with Acts is because it explains a little bit more about what's going on when Paul is writing this letter. So if we're going to start with Acts 19. So I'm going to give you time, those of you who are online as well, again, you can use the Bible app right below the screen um, and go to Acts 19. And another reason we're starting with Acts is it's really cool that in Acts and Ephesians, you get to see how the world handles problems and how God handles problems. And they're really a clear difference in how we try to deal with things like injustice and uh, how we deal with uh, uh, frustration and when things aren't right and how our Father handles it. And so this is really cool. Uh, compare and contrast exercise when we look at this so we're going to go Acts 19 and we're going to start with verse 23 it says about that time serious trouble developed in Ephesus concerning the way back then uh, we Christians weren't called Christians one of the earliest uh, names that we were given were followers of the way so you'll hear that quite a bit um, in a lot of Paul's writings it began with Demetrius a silversmith who had a large business manufacturing silver shrines Of the Greek goddess Artemis. Artemis's temple was in Ephesus. It was one of the wonders of the world. Beautiful temple. People, thousands of people came uh, to worship the goddess Artemis there. Uh, So he kept many craftsmen busy. He called them together along with others employed in similar trades and addressed them as follows. So this is what this guy says. He's made a lot of money from selling these figurines um, in honor of the goddess Artemis. Obviously the Greeks back then believed that there was power in having symbols of god's symbols either of their power or who they were so they made a killing working around this temple Uh, he said gentlemen you know that our wealth comes from this business but as you have seen and heard this man paul has persuaded many people that handmade gods aren't really gods at all and he's done this not only here in ephesus but throughout the entire province of course, I'm not just talking about the loss of public respect for our business. I'm also concerned that the temple of the great goddess Artemis will lose its influence and that Artemis, this magnificent goddess, worshipped through the province of Asia and all around the world, will be robbed of her great prestige. All right. Now, I'm not there. I'm not saying 100%, um, but I think this guy's full of it. I think it's all about the money, that he's missing out his money, but it's a beautiful speech. I mean, it's a beautiful speech, and he uses these big words, and that she'd be robbed of her great prestige, right? Um, But no, they were making these trinkets. They were selling them in the market, uh, and people would come to pay homage to Artemis. And obviously, Paul, he thought the message of this gospel, that there was this one true God, that was a God above all other gods, that it was affecting his bottom line. Reminds us of sometimes how the world or situations affect our money, Right? And how defensive sometimes we get and protective and how much we wanna we wanna react and hold on to that. Verse 28 At this anger boiled, and they begin shouting, Great is the Artemis of the Ephesians, Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. So the whole city was filled with confusion. Everyone rushed to the amphitheater, dragging along Gaius and Aristarchus, who were Paul's traveling companions from Macedonia. Paul wanted to go in, too, but the believers wouldn't let him in. They were concerned for Paul's life because now this big mob was going on. And they were like, Paul, look, you are way important to the movement to risk something happening to you right now. Um, Some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul's, Paul also sent a message to him begging him not to risk his life. Inside, the people were all shouting, some one thing and some another. Everything was in confusion. In fact, most of them didn't even know why they were there. Think about that. Isn't that so much like today that people just want to get mad at something? And the second something happens, yeah, me too. And they jump in, and they jump in. And then after a while, there's a riot, and there's destruction of property, and people are online typing away, and and taking selfies, and doing all this stuff, and then they'll get interviewed by CNN. So sir, what brought you here? Uh, I don't know, I was just on my way to uh, um, to McDonald's, and I saw people rioting, and I thought I'd jump in, and kind of like figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, there's this mob mentality. But listen, here's the deal. Satan has used this to divide us for millennia. He knows how we are, and how we get with this mob mentality. And so anything that can cause division and confusion, which he did even at the garden, of what God said, did God really truly say he didn't take and eat, eat this particular thing? Immediately from the beginning, Satan uses that. And not only uses that directly, but indirectly through us to, to sow seeds of discord, sow seeds of division um, in the church. The mayor jumped in and calmed everyone down we read, read about it a little bit later. Um, but humanity's way of dealing with frustration and injustice often centers around self, how we feel, and division, disagreements, putting ourselves as judges rather than listening to the people who may disagree with us. And at the end of the day, those people who disagree with us, they could be wrong, they could be wrong. But we don't take the time always to simply listen We focus on the forgettable battles instead of the important war. There's a war, Brazos Church, for the souls of the world. There's a war for the souls of those that don't know God's love, his grace, and his forgiveness. This is how humanity operates apart from God. Processes and mechanisms, algorithms, used to make a point, used to try to be right above all else, but in a selfish way. Now, we're going to transition to Ephesians. So, uh, you can go ahead and go to Ephesians 3. I'm going to give you time to get there. Those of you online as well. And uh, it's interesting. The world, when you hear, even if you hear in the arts, the murals, the drawing. I work in Third Ward in Houston, and there's so many murals and uh, art pieces that have to do with being united and being one and love and faithfulness so um, i'm going to show you there's some songs i started looking up and how many songs have to do with this theme of being united and love and peace tons of them there were too many to count these were the top ones tim mcgraw humble and kind Louis armstrong what a wonderful world Has anybody heard that one i thought so Avicii and Rita Ora, Lonely Together. K-9, Waving Flag. Bob Marley, One Love, right? Michael Jackson, Black or White. Blessing Union of Souls, Peace and Love. Marshmallows, an instrumental call together, but it's beautiful. If you ever have a chance to watch it, uh, it's an amazing video uh, that just has instrumental music about, um, about unity. And Black Eyed Peas, Where's the Love? Constantly in our pop culture and in the media people are constantly saying we want all we need to do is come together How many times do we hear that we just need to be one people and come together? While I'm saying stuff on fire, we need to come together And do that right you hear it all the time. We just need our politicians. We just need them to come together That's all we need to do and there's this groaning right the world has for this picture of people that are diverse from different areas of society coming together for one common goal, for the betterment, for love, and for peace. It sounds familiar what that community would look like. And this is how we're going to go into Ephesians 3. Verse 1, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. Notice Paul actually had Jesus, we read about in Acts, the resurrected Christ appeared to him, physically appear to him. But in this time, he's writing this from prison. You never hear him complain about prison. Look at his language. The prisoner of Christ Jesus, the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. He made it about Jesus. He was humble in his suffering and didn't and made it about his mission, God's mission for this reconciliation that we're going to read about a little bit later. Verse three, that is the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into, there's that word again, the mystery of Christ. Who likes mysteries, by the way? I'm just curious. Yeah, it's like, okay, what are some of your favorite mystery movies? Knives Out. Knives Out, oh yeah, yeah. Clue. But that's not the best one. Clue. Yes, Clue. Oh man, I love that movie. I've I, fallen asleep to that movie. I mean, we probably, you know what, I think Patty and I are the reason Clue is still on TV. <laughs> When they do those surveys, like, yep, yep, looks like someone in Rosenberg watched it again for the 1,000th time. Uh, But we love that movie. We love mysteries. We love it uh, because we love the fact that there's something that's under the surface that's suddenly revealed. It makes sense of things. The tension when they were writing these mystery novels and these mystery movies, we feel the tension as we navigate. We're like, man, this isn't right. We know something. And I'm kind of looking at that butler a little sideways. Uh, the cook I don't think was there either. Did you see that look that she had when she first walked in the living room? I bet she did. So there's always this uneasiness, this tension. And then finally at the end, we're like, ah, okay. Even when we're wrong, we loved the experience and we loved it because the mystery was revealed paul is saying here that all of this time from the beginning of time god had this mystery he had this planned purpose that wasn't revealed yet to the world he took his time and waited for the appointed time for it to be revealed in the world his see the church And we're going to continue reading here in verse five, which was not made to the people in other generations as it now has been revealed by the spirit of God's holy apostles and prophets. So this is him referring to the Old Testament community, right? Worship community, even though God had chosen them for a very specific purpose to show to the world that there is only one God. That was the main purpose of the Jewish people. Right. But there was a bigger purpose. Purpose because it wasn't only about them God had a plan that Gentiles and Jews would be together That they would be this multi-ethnic, beautiful body of God He says here in, in verse 6 This mystery is that through the gospel The Gentiles, the non-Jewish people Us, unless you were Jewish um, Are heirs together with Israel We're members of how many bodies? One body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Unity. Steve. Inclusion. Jennifer. Everyone wins. We all have access to the Father and his wonderful presence. Everyone wins. We all have access to the Father in his presence. One of my prayers is that we never take this for granted. Gracias that we have been given this gift that we can enter into the presence of God awesome worship music or that we all have access to that verse 7 I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people this grace was given to me again Paul's humility to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. There it is. Which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. Man, that's a deep verse. But again, it shows this picture that God was waiting. All right, I'm going to share a story and it's going to be super funny. So I really hope my mom's watching today. I actually texted uh, uh, text, text her. So when Patty and I came here, uh, came back, uh, we were having, uh, I think, dinner with my mom and uh, and her husband. And Patty was just kind of talking. And you know when you meet the in-laws, you want to have a good impression. and. You know, and so Patty would say something, and she said, oh, well, you know, I was working here, here, and my mom, oh, well, I worked here, here, here. Oh, well, you know, I also did this and this, oh, my mom was here. And so watching this, it was like watching a ping pong game. And so it wasn't malicious or mean or anything like that, but they were all getting to know each other, and it was like everybody was one-upping each other. And then uh, we were talking about shopping and Patty was like, Oh yeah, I got this coach purse, I got a really big deal. My mom, oh I got a coach purse in, here it is. And it just was going back and forth. And I'm like, Wow, this is going to be great. Well <laughs> So you know, it was awesome. So the reason I'm mentioning that is God, if you look at what he's done with the church and the mystery of the church, I want you all to say, the mystery is me. The mystery is me. Right? The mystery is you. The mystery is us that God has kept. God, I love it when God shows off, was showing off and declaring his sovereignty, his lordship, even to the enemy. And we're going to read about this in just a little bit. So just think about Satan. Satan, especially with Jesus, seeing God in human form, which probably looked at that and thought that was easy pickings. It's one thing with God in the heavenlies and, and spiritually, but in a frail human's body, oh, Satan, I bet you thought he was going to have a field day of that. So, there is the death of Jesus. Oops, God ones up one, one ups him. Uh, okay, sin is taken care of. Blood. Oh, okay. Okay, you again. Resurrection. So, not only is the sin taken care of, but also these people can have an abundant life, my children, in that. Oh, but he one up Satan again. You know, Holy Spirit, Pentecost. Not only that, not only have I taken care of sin, not only have I taken care of this abundant life as they live in me, but also my presence will now be sealed within them for the rest of eternity. I'm sure Satan just was just having a field day. God, one more thing. One more thing. Let me go pull out my coach's purse. This is the greatest mystery that's going to be revealed. I'm not the one that people are going to be seeing that are going to be changing lives directly. The world is going to see this church as a multi-ethnic extension of me with my son in charge. And this church is united by the power of the Holy Spirit and guided by the power of the Holy Spirit and will lead with love and lead with this message of forgiveness and reconciliation. The very people you tried to enslave, the very people who were destined to just die and to be separated for them, I not only created a way, but I also have a plan and this body is my plan A and Satan, there is no plan B. They will be enough. So if we continue to go on, he says in verse 10, his intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. God, was, God shows off his wisdom to the, the forces of good and darkness. He shows it off in the work of his church, the person of his church, this is telling us. Because we learned from Ephesians 6, He still uses the same language, these powers and rulers and authorities in heavenly realms. We, just by us existing, not just Brazos Church, but the global church, we are the statement, the reflection of God's glory to the forces of wickedness and evil. That we're not going anywhere, and neither is God. The forces of wickedness and evil have no chance. No chance at all. And he ends it according to this eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is why we're here. And we declare to the spirits in the heavenly realm and below that we're more than people who believe the same doctrine and get together to pray. That's important, but we're more than that. We're more than the people who love to worship and love to study the Bible. We're more than that. We're more than people of compassion that help meet the physical and spiritual needs of the people that we see. Regardless of our past sins and mistakes, we are the living vision of God's wisdom to seen and unseen beings. We are the living vision of God's wisdom to seen and unseen beings. We are the revealed mystery of God, that of a multi-ethnic people that are united in the love of God, the sacrifice of Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful picture of the Trinity. This is what the world is craving. This is what they're writing songs about. This is what they're they're creating movies on and, and having YouTube channels about, this desire to have this, this peace, but they're going about it the wrong way because they're doing it in their own power and without the leading and guiding guidance of God. If they choose to follow Jesus, They can experience this beautiful mystery of God without limit or without qualification. The mystery is us. It's an awesome mystery. Sometimes I look and I sit and I'm like, man, God, really? Like, I look back on some of the things that have happened here in the last three years and the people that we've done, and I'm like, Lord, we're such a small group. And the Lord reminds me, I'm a multiplier. I'm a kingdom multiplier. All I need is a little bit, a little bit of faith from you. I've got it. I've got this. Just trust me. Just trust me. So um, I'm going to close here. I'd like, uh, uh, everybody stay seated because uh, I'm going to ask a quick press, uh, question before we go to have a time of prayer. Uh, one of the amazing things that the church can do Uh, is embrace, lead, uh, encourage people to either have a greater faith to follow Jesus or introduce them to Jesus. Not everybody in their life is called to be an evangelist. We know from scriptures that that's a definite spiritual gift. And it's also an office in the church that um, people have that. But all of us can give the testimony. And in testimony, it's the spirit of prophecy. Everyone can share something, just like we would share what our favorite restaurant is. We can share that. We can certainly share about an experience that we've had with the Lord and what he's done for us. So I have a question. If you are here and you would like in 2022, you would love the privilege of leading someone to Jesus at some point, I would like you to raise your hand because I want to pray for you. Okay. Okay. Those of you, you can uh, chat and say yes, amen, and we'll pray for you too. All right, let's pray. Father you see your people you see that the desire um Lord and this is a prayer we know that's in accordance to your will so we believe and we know it's going to happen uh so father all of us that desire to be there when that particular person comes to know you um it's a it, it's a glorious time it's a wonderful time that we get to introduce them to the King of Kings the Lord of Lords and also help them realize that regardless of their past regardless of their sins, that you've made a way for them. And we want to be there to encourage them and to help lead them in those first few steps. There's nothing like the excitement of a person that gets a true picture of who you are. So, Father, we pray that you would use us in those divine appointments, that you would put those people before us. And and uh, Lord, I know it doesn't always have to be a big thing and, and demonstrative and And any of that stuff, that you don't care about that stuff. You just want us. You want us. That's why you sent your son, because you love the world. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for investing in us. You give us the words to say. We'll just listen and speak in faith. In Jesus' name, amen.